0: All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all
1: the TV, the animation, just give us, just give us one hour 45 minutes and we will give you everything Marvel! Marvel. Na, 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 na,
2: Hello Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Ben Morse, Marvel Digital Editorial Director, I just arrange the words different every time. Sure, why not? You know, mix them up. We got intern Josh in the house. He's uh, on the ones and twos. Yep. Which is literally, we have microphone one and microphone two, and he's making microphone sure that we're not too one, loud or low. And this, this is the landmark bicentennial <laughs> 250th episode. <laughs> bicentennial means of, 200. Just, just work with it. Of episode of uh, Twim. Yeah. Like, this Although, week in I mean, you know, we've got, what, another 180- plus episodes of the 0.5 so you add on to that that's like this is the 249 and a half episode (laughs) that would be just as valid Sure. well yeah what do we have in store for everybody wow we have a loaded episode we got a good amount of comics to talk about uh more comics on sale that we'll list out some news and of course you guys questions and comments and uh we couldn't do any of it without support of our great sponsors like the Marvel Mastercard. Yeah, which we'll get to when we get into the news section. Oh, I got a plan. I got a way right. to work that in. All right. Yeah, Captain Segway over here. Totally good. Riding his Segway. Uh, yes. Huh? Yes. You got a seg- If you were Captain Segway, you would think you would ride around. On a I, you know, I've segway. always wanted to ride one, but I've never two. been on one. I have two. I have I'm. I'm I'm scared of those hoverboard things. It's not a hoverboard. I, I hate, hate the word the why they call that a hoverboard. Yeah. It's like uh We know what a hoverboard is. Back to the Future showed us years ago what a hoverboard is. Yeah. That's not a hoverboard. No. That's just wheels. Yeah. With a little stand. Yeah, with a little uh slate. You know what? I and I don't care how controversial this opinion is. Hit it. You know what? Hot take. That's that's my hot take. That is not a hoverboard. Yeah. That is our hot take right here. Right. And you know what? Frankly, uh you know come at us. Yeah. Come at us with your hate. Yeah. Let us, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. What do you think about hoverboards? You can email us your thoughts about hoverboards or anything else using the email twimpodcast at marvel.com. But mainly email us about hoverboards. Yeah. I mean, if you like, have other things to say, you know, use the Twitter. Yeah. And on Twitter, you can use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. We'll pull them in and uh, talk about them in the future. And that is something we're going to do today right here on the 250th episode yeah. of This Week in Marvel. Totally. It was 250 weeks ago today. That you first said, "Hey, we should do a podcast." It was probably like 251 or 252 weeks. We've never missed a week. No, but I'm saying I probably said, "Hey, let's do a podcast." Oh, right. And then no, we... I think you said it the day we did it. <laughs> I think you were just like, "Let's do a podcast," and I was like, I've "Been waiting to hear that all my life. <laughs> let's rock and roll." And we just we rent we went was right it into five it. years ago. Five glorious years of this week in Marvel. Wow. Before... It'll be a full official five years in October. Yeah, in October. Wow. We're coming up on it, when Josh was still just a twinkle in his father's eye. Yeah, a little, we little eye doing, twinkle. We were doing podcasts. Yeah. Back before podcasts were a thing. Hello. We originated the podcast. Oh, uh... You're welcome, <laughs> Colt Cabana. <laughs> New York Comic Con is coming up around the time of our five-year anniversary, and we're doing a big uh, celebration. What the way to celebrate? Right. By, uh... And this is... Probably not fully official, but whatever. Eh. I can do what I want. Yeah. Uh, Who's going to stop you? We're going to do an event for New York Comic Con Week at the brand new Alamo Draft House. In Brooklyn. Yeah. And we're going to combine our powers with the might of Thwip, the big Marvel show, Mm -hmm. and Women of Marvel. All together now. One massive lumbering beast that is just gonna take your money and then throw it back at you because it's gonna be free No, (laughs) it's gonna be free I forgot the throw it back at you part of take your money yeah Yeah. you know that old saying yeah that old chestnut Uh, so look out for info on on that if you're coming to New York Comic Con or just wanna hang out with us it's good times. We'd love to see you guys. We have prided ourselves on our live shows in the past. They're always a lot of fun. We love doing the New York one every year. We always get a pretty good turnout. Uh, new location this time. I'm going to schlep it to Brooklyn Yeah. Um, and enjoy the, We get like, well, do we have like a hipster following there? I mean, it's Brooklyn. Yeah. It's not even it's not really in the hipstery part of Brooklyn. No. No. I thought all of Brooklyn was hipstery. No, I don't know that quite. much about New York City. That's fair. I assume it's all hipsters. No. Wall to wall hipsters <laughs> just jumping all over each other. With their hats that flop over to the yep. side and their they wear like ties for belts. Have and... you heard of the restaurant Bear Burger? Yeah. Okay. So there's one in Montclair, which is the town next to me. Now Montclair is just a normal Suburban New Jersey town, pretty well off, normal people, uh, nothing really hipstery about it. But you go to the Bear Burger there, it's like someone transplanted just like not only a piece of Williamsburg. But, like, all the people who work there were imported and brought in. Like, all of them, as my wife likes to say, like, they all have a haircut where, like, part of their head is shaved and then there's hair flopping over that part of it. Which makes sense in Jersey now because that haircut was most popular, like, two years ago. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, we are getting, like, the hipster trends of two years ago. Yep. Makes perfect Um, sense. There's mason jars there. Oh, boy. There are pictures where it's like a person with an animal face it is delicious but it's very unsettling and that's very fair. hipstery that's fair yeah uh yeah such is life that's what i got that's what i got for you perfect yeah um all right with that said let's dive right into let's the go. comics for it. this week uh up first is a force number eight written by kelly thompson art by Paolo sequera colors by Rachel Rosenberg. Rochelle um, new so, artist palo yeah he's, he's on for the second arc mm-hmm. um and this is a civil war two tie-in third arc third arc yeah because remember they fought that dragon what was the first arc then? dazzler thor wasn't that whole no seven they fought issues? that guy out in space the oh yeah the, like, man i love guy. this book so yeah. much it's been around yeah uh so we've got the a force crew dealing with the events at the beginning of civil war which uh put she hulk in a bad place and that really sets a rift inside the a force crew uh we got a cool cameo by misty knight uh but nico has got things on her mind dazzler is sort of like pissed off and with uh, and and thinking you know nico's right Mm -hmm. uh captain marvel's you know definitely got her own stance and trying to to persuade the rest of the crew to go along with her. Uh, but we get another amazing appearance by uh, a different character who's not necessarily part of the A-Force crew, but I would welcome I'd, them to stay aboard. On. Bring her on. Elsa Bloodstone just cursing up a storm, destroying, well, not quite destroying uh, the creatures Taking she's fighting. Taking care not to destroy the yeah, creature she's fighting. It's good. It, makes a, it brings a good dynamic and a bit of drama mm-hmm. to... The fact that she just wants to destroy everything when she's fighting it. Uh, But there's a really cool mystery, some really gross things happening, uh, and we'll see where this goes for our A-Force characters. Continuing on the Civil War II track, we go over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 8, written by Mark Guggenheim, art by German Peralta. Uh, Coulson is dealing with the fallout of having been disciplined because of his Colson protocols causing all these troubles. He's also, like the rest of the Marvel universe, swept up in Civil War II. But the thing about Colson is he doesn't really want to take a side. He thinks there's got to be a third option. He doesn't think we need to go all in or all out on this precognitive thing. There's a way through this this power to be useful without actually necessarily, you know, fully committing to it. He thinks there's a third option. Yeah, he thinks there's a third option. I said that. A third option. What's the, what is this? I don't know. It's Like saying third what's, option. What's happening? <laughs> I'm really excited Why is this happening? The third option. There's a there's a third way. It's uh this is the Serpentor of this comic book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, Colson and May uh, get into it. There's a fight in New York. Colson thinks, based on Ulysses' visions, that Daredevil is in trouble. Captain Marvel gets involved. She shanghais Coulson. Uh, it's the Wrecking Crew, and basically Coulson's trying to save. Is Shanghaiing a politically correct phrase anymore? That's an old wrestling term. That's an so old I know where you're ge- you're yeah. getting it from. But now me- I think about watching it, watching some old Madison Square Garden yeah. girl monsoon, monsoon and uh, Billy Redline's talking about sh- <laughs> shanghaying. I, I think that's definitely not okay to say anymore, no. which is fine. We yeah. Can, but listeners uh don't don't do what i do definitely you know your own opinions uh but you should definitely listen to old wrestling yeah like watch old wrestling with commentary by gorilla monsoon preferably with bobby heenan or with jesse the body ventura because they say some stuff that is really offensive Wait, wait when you get to how they feel about asian people it It can't be good oh man they had mr fuji yeah oh oh People. They had a team called the Orient Express. Yeah, and like the, the, all, the stuff, all the stuff that they said, it's so upsetting. Oh, it really is. Oof. No, it's not upsetting. What? It's this issue of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which yes. I still want to talk a little more about. Uh, Coulson does manage to save Daredevil's life, but he does not convince Captain Marvel that her way is wrong. There's some shenanigans going on with Fitz. Uh, there's some stuff going on with Simmons. She's really sick. Deathlock comes up with a way to fix her. It's not the best way. And Colson's replacement arrives in the form of the last character you would ever expect. Mm hmm. All right. Mm. Uh, first of our two all new, all different Avengers issues. This one is issue number 13 of the main series. It's a Civil War II tie in, uh, but it's written by Mark Wade, art by Adam Kubrick. Color- but it's written by Mark Wade. I don't know why, but yeah. there was no and, need for and a butt. It's written by Mark Wade. And triumphantly, it's written by Mark Wade. Art by uh amazing Adam Kubert, colors by Sonia Obak. This is a very vision heavy issue. Uh it's vision On a week when the Vision came out. I know. It's great. I love this issue. This was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh this is like peak Mark Wade. Yep, this I this is was very Mark Wade. Reading it, I was like, Yes, this is like we how much we love Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. This is like the distillation of a cool Mark Wade story. Yeah. It's Love for superheroes and love for superhero history, but done in a way that is perfectly, like, I can give this to anyone. They can learn about the Vision. They can learn about Kang, who's mm-hmm. the villain here. They can learn about the history and the consequences of all the things. It's, like, it's so big, but also so accessible, yeah. which is incredible. Um, that said, it's really about Vision, who was manipulated by Kang uh, previously in the series, and he is pissed off. Yeah. Even though he keeps dumping his emotions the way his android robot AI business works. Watch it. Be careful. I know. Remember, we're trying to be politically correct. Totally. After, uh, after I shang the show <laughs> earlier. Uh, the way he – what he's trying to do is get rid of all his emotions so he can be totally logical and clinical about what he does. But his system constantly adds in emotions. It's mm-hmm. just what it does. It's the way he's designed. It's the way he's built. And uh, so that bothers him. Um, He does see Ulysses, so we get the cool Civil War II tie-in. Yeah. Um, he, likes, he goes to Ulysses for advice, basically, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, totally. Because Ulysses, you know, he's had, he's had much more experience than Ulysses, but Ulysses is dealing with some of the moral uh, implications that Vision is dealing with here, which is basically the do-you-kill-Hitler-as-a-baby problem. Yeah, like you can see the – you have this ability to see around time how does that affect what you do, and so Vision says, well – Screw it. I know where there's a Mm -hmm. uh, a time machine. I'm going to go and I'm going to check up on Kang and Mm -hmm. see maybe I'll take care Mm -hmm. of the Kang problem, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is a big deal. Kang, you know, for all the huge villain, you know, giant uh, thigh high boots Mm -hmm. and like the purple Mm -hmm. and the green, he is. One of the most megalomaniacal, dangerous villains in Marvel history. Absolutely, he's, he's probably got a higher body count. If you take away the Infinity Gauntlet of murdering half the universe, yeah. he's probably got a higher body count than Thanos. It's got a higher body count than Doctor Doom, I'd say. And Doctor Doom's got oh, yeah, your A yeah. one megalomaniac. if you Yeah, really want to get into I would. Things. Like Doom to me is small potatoes compared to Kang wow. in that in that respect, simply because Kang has gone over time yeah. he's, and he's just a warlord. He can. Murder a billion people and move around freely yep. and, and like do all this stuff. So he's controlled different eras, but he's never been able to control the you know the heroic age, yes. so to speak, of the Marvel Universe. And uh, he's he's done crossed the line with mm-hmm. what he did to Vision. And Vision um, Vision takes a, a couple steps. We'll see what that means for him in the coming you know stories yeah. for all new, all different. But you know what it's great it was time, really good. What a great time to be a Vision fan there's so many great stories featuring the vision, you know, classic character who until a couple of years ago had seemingly gone away, brought back and now just thriving. It just goes to show you that you never know, never give up on characters in the Marvel universe. At that, that, I don't know who said it, but it's always it's been talked about a lot is like any character is one good story away yep. from being your favorite headliner, character, yep. from being a headliner, from mm-hmm. being like that breakout star. Yeah, it's just who like re- it's just like wrestling. Yes, exactly. You okay. you you put you Know the right rocket behind somebody mm-hmm. and phew, they're off, but it's like uh, Squirrel Girl. Mm. Like, I remember when we were kids, there was that issue when you were a teenager and I was a kid. <laughs> there was that issue, it was like Marvel superhero special, whatever it was. Right, yeah, Where, of course. I, I, don't, it, I don't think it was her first, maybe it was the first appearance. I think it may have been. Well, anyway, she shows up and she teams up with Iron Man, yep, and fight they Doom. fight Doctor Doom, and I that was. I remember reading that over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. who is this character? Yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, she just beat up Doctor Doom with squirrels. With squirrels, <laughs> and she had like she had like the old school look with the the, the tooth that the buck w- teeth, the buck teeth and, and the the, the, the eye yeah. makeup. But yeah, she had the knuckle claws yeah. that were really cool. Um, but it was like we should go back to that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but like she sort of fell away, and like little bits and pieces here and there over the mm-hmm. years. But then now you look at her and, like, that is one of my favorite books. we Absolutely. Put out it's one of it. the best books we put out there. And it's like, you think about it, it was like Dan Slott kind of had a weird fandom for her. So we put her in Great Lakes Avengers. Brian Bendis picked up on it and said, you know what? She'd be a great character for New Avengers. Moves her right into that. And then she's present. People are thinking about her. Someone has a pitch. Boom. She has her own series. And there she is. Yeah. And it's the same with The Vision. I mean, The Vision is or it's the same with how... Hawkeye broke out. Yeah. It's just, it's cool to see what characters break out. And I, I like that we're doing so many books now with people you wouldn't expect to headline their own book. Look at Mockingbird. We love, we love that book. Yep. And you know, it's just cool stuff. You know who else loves that book? Who? ta Coates. Does ta Coates Yeah, he, he tweeted about it. And, uh, sure? and I like, I made sure to retweet that because I mean, he's one of the preeminent writers mm-hmm. in all of, you know, writerdom. Cult, yeah. Culture right now. And, he loves that book rightfully so. Y'all better be reading Mockingbird. Seriously, read some Mockingbird. Also, read some all new all different Avengers and you well number 1, it's the fan fiction world of Miss Marvel. Speaking of characters who have broken out, so you got Miss Marvel coming home after a long hard day of Avengering. decides she is going to write some fan fiction cuz that is what Kamala Khan does for fun. But wait a minute, now that she's an Avenger, she's actually become the subject of fan fiction, specifically Miss Marvel and the Teenage Love Triangle from Space by Bad Machine, 1999. <laughs> Great pose here. So what we get is Kamala looking into, diving into the fan fiction about her and her teammates, learning more about stuff. So we get a whole bunch of short stories. We get um, the framing sequence is written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Mahmoud Asrar. The once and future Marvel, written by Mark Waid and art by Chip Zdarsky is very funny. It's... Uh, Miss Marvel and, and uh, Captain Marvel teaming up, and then oh what God. happens with the mantle of Captain Marvel? It's definitely very, from a perspective of a certain type of like a an M R A yeah person exactly, yeah. which is fun. The Adventures of She Hulk by Natasha Allegri, which is so adorable. Oh you may remember Natasha Allegri did a guest st- spot in Patsy Walker. Uh, hellcat a few months ago she got to draw she hulk and she i remember interviewing her she fell in love with she hulk and she wanted to draw she hulk all the time she draws this crazy like would you call it kind of anime inspired yeah tezuka style almost um yeah like old school classic uh manga anime uh it's adorable and it's really great but with all like modern flourishes she hulk gets haunted glasses and these ghosts just appear as like her eyeglasses and then there's a giant, I don't even know what this thing is, a giant, like, circle creature. It's the apple, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a giant apple. I don't it's know. It's really cool it's, and cute Yeah, and fun. It's very hard to describe, but it's a delight. Yeah. Um, after that, we've got Up Close and Personal, written by Zach Gorman, who I believe is doing the new Great Lakes Avengers series. Art by Jay Fosget. Uh This is starring hiss marvel and the spectacular spider mole and they fight some animal villains uh you gotta wonder like who because all of these are like there's a type of person out there who writes this type of fan fiction so who writes this fan fiction of animal versions of of, animal versions of people i don't know someone who i think is pretty great because i kind of love it kind of love it yeah it's pretty great um Faith Aaron Hicks is the writer and artist with colors by Megan Wilson on Squirrel Girl versus Miss Marvel. We're just talking about Squirrel Girl. Uh, This is just the most absurd, over-the-top Miss Marvel versus Squirrel Girl fight you can picture. Squirrel Girl forms Ultimate Squirrel Girl, which she gets big like Voltron armor. Um, We find out it's all really a different kind of competition going on. Super fun. And then... The last one is "An Evening with Miss Marvel: A True Story," written and drawn by Scott Kurtz, colors by Steve Haymaker. Um This—it's <laughs> just so funny. That's basically some dude who uh, Miss Marvel comes and just like professes her love for this guy and says how he's the best. And this whole story, this guy's obviously writing that he he foiled some Hydra goons. Miss Marvel came and took care of his stepdad for him. Uh, it was all good stuff, and then we find out in the framing sequence at the end. There's a nice twist on who wrote the Miss Marvel fan fiction. It's pretty hilarious, um, and then we find out who's moderating the whole thing as well. And it's just it's great. It is a delight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, all new X Men number twelve up next. Written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Mark Bagley, Andrew Hennessy, and Nolan Woodard. Um, this is a big feature on. Uh, Wolverine, uh AKA Laura. Uh what is her last name? Laura Kinney. Kinney. Right. Kinney. Uh Laura, she's on a trip around uh trying to solve some problems. Well that she gets put on that trip by young Cyclops. Yeah, who's in, in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's, he's all he's got some bum he's bum wings. Professor X it up. If he why is he in a wheelchair if his arms hurt? Does
1: well, he's, he have a his, leg cast? His on? Leg.
2: Yeah, he's got a leg cast right. and an arm cast. And he just said he's, his arm hurt, so you know. You know, he's You could have like wings on your feet, right? No, Namor. I guess you're right. Boom! You got Namor. I just got Namor. Always happy to get Namor. So, White (laughs) Queen. Two hundred and fifty. All right. Uh, She's on uh, a bunch of missions that Cyclops has put together for her because they're both kind of like, like these. They've got these brains that won't stop, and he wants to be doing stuff. No, 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 no. He uh, wants to be doing stuff, and he can't, so he gives these things to her. She's really excited because she's kind of bored, and she's dealing with you know the breakup with Angel. All that stuff's going on. So she takes Pickles, who's loaded up with all the treats mm-hmm. he needs, uh, and they want to go around uh, finding these issues, and she wants to cut up some stuff. And then she finds that she's following trail of things that have already been dealt with yeah and she's getting more pissed off there's an adorable scene where uh, pickles gives her a Twinkie and then they just sit down and, and eat for a second yep. which I just thought was, that like, was nice it was really cute really nice sweet quiet moment great quiet moment uh, it felt very it felt very X-Men mm-hmm. like in the best way possible uh, finally she gets to a situation where she gets to slice and dice into some demons and, and monsters uh, which makes her very happy Boom, we see exactly what's been going on. We we get a little bit of talk, and we, we learn a lot. There's a lot of feelings that happen in the end, and some smooching. Some kind of gross smooching. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's the reason the smooching... The, I don't know. What takes place directly before the smooching just really downplays the smooching itself. Yeah, I mean... If the bone zone happens there, it's a very unclean bone zone. She's got a healing factor. Yeah. So, that's fine. He, I guess... <laughs> I don't know. What is she need a healing factor for? What are you talking about? If you get that all the the, the things that are covering their bodies oh like God. the grossness all I around them. Know, I they need it to be fair, they need to take a shower yeah. and they need to sit down and talk a little bit. They more. they should. Yes. Go slow, guys i um, not going slow is Amazing Spider-Man number 16, which is barreling right ahead into Dead No More, a story I am super excited about. This is a prelude to that. We've got a lot going on. This is a trademark Dan Slott, Giuseppe Coimancoli. Tons of stuff is happening. It feels like three issues in one. Uh, type of issue we've got Jay jameson in the hospital we've got a representative from new U technology who's basically saying they're using cutting edge cloning technology to help people recover from things they wouldn't normally be able to Jay jonah jameson is suspicious of this peter wants to look into it a little more he checks the science the science seems good he actually wants to get behind it talks to Anna maria about it she is not so sure Meanwhile, human brain is doing all sorts of crazy, awky things. Um, back at the Jackals Laboratory, we get the new Jackal. Um, not new in terms of being a new person, but newly designed. He looks different, um, and he's a cool. It's a cool new costume for the Jackal. He has enlisted. The lizard and lizard's wife who he brought back from the dead he's got electro he brings someone else back from the dead in case you didn't notice this is leading to dead no more lots of people coming back from the dead uh spider-man takes out his spider-mobile to try to go save some of parker Industries employees who are caught in a fire get this great John Romita Sr. homage moment that Giuseppe Comicoli does. Beautifully drawn. But one guy who Spider-Man rescues, it's not going to be enough to pull him through. He has inhaled too too many gases. He's just on his last legs. And Peter Parker has to tell these people there's no chance for him. But wait, circling back to that technology, could that help him? Maybe it could. We find out that technology comes from not as uh benevolent a place as we may have thought as people come in and suddenly we have game changing stuff going on speaking of game changing last page reunites jay jonah jameson with someone he thought he would never see again there's uh there's a really great moment and it's a very simple one where uh spidey has helped this the person who was injured and stuff and they're like they're in a much better place and he goes to them and his spider sense just starts going yes. off and I thought that was just like so ominous it's really cool it's like if he doesn't know why mm-hmm. and, and it's, it just leaves a whole lot out there and yeah. I'm very excited for what this story holds yeah Dead No More is going to be I mean look every spider event that Dan Slott has brought, brought us from Spider Island to Spider Verse, they're all blockbusters they're all awesome so I'm, he's going to do another great one with Dead No More we don't appreciate enough just this amazing run that this amazing run of amazing that mm-hmm. Dan Slott has put together. Yeah, he's going to go down as one of those all time greats. Has he written more issues than Stan at this point? I would imagine. I think he but has. I don't know. I think he may be the most writerious it Was Stan writer. is Stan up the number one? I don't know. He might not be. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably a couple others from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah. I think slot. I think slot probably beats them all though. I think he. I'm sure Dan you know, knows. We should, probably, we should ask Dan. We should ask Dan. Dan, if you're listening, we need some information. <laughs> All right, on to Black Panther, number five, written by Tanahasi Coates, with art by Chris Sprouse. Yeah, it good to see Chris dope, Sprouse. Uh, inks by Carl Story, colors by Laura Martin. Um, yeah, so Chris coming in for um, a couple issues, or at least an issue. A uh, couple, couple issues. Thanks. Um, here we get to see Panther almost like he's been pushed to the brink. He almost goes over the edge in this crazy fight scene in the beginning. But we also get uh, an appearance from Eden Fessy, who is Manifold. Uh, always good to see Manifold. Awesome character from Avengers and Secret Warriors. Mm-hmm. Super, super cool. I hope we get to see a lot more of him. Me too. He's got this cool teleportation power. Uh, but it's what he's trying to do is help uh, Panther find uh some of the weaponized wakandans that are causing trouble like basically there's a revolution happening mm-hmm. in wakanda and uh T'Challa needs to figure out who's doing it where they are how they're doing it and stop them without sacrificing more wakandan lives including their own he mm-hmm. doesn't want to kill wakandans no. whether they're against him or on under know, no or circumstances or will another wakandan die if uh, Black Panther can prevent it. Yeah, which leads to this crazy scene where he talks to a bunch of terrible people <sighs> and, like, you've got people from uh, Madripoor and Genosha here, uh, let alone a bunch of the other places that are in here. Basically, but like, they're experts on squashing revolts. Yes. But they do it with no compunction, with no... Uh, There's no compassion there. Yeah. And he's, I think, T'Challa is trying to learn what he can to not do the things that... They do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, but we've got a bunch of other cool scenes and various characters learning and sort of, you know, boning up for the big battles ahead. Uh, but there's this really cool. It's like a three or four page sequence sequence where T'Challa talks to one of the Wakandans who has a bomb strapped to him, uh, which is like an arc reactor mixed mm-hmm. with a bomb, and getting to like the nut of why they're doing this what the goals are, who they're all about. Like there's just great sequence of just talking it out, which is awesome to see at the beginning of this, the warrior King, and then here the compassionate, you know, thinking King. It's like just all the facets of T'Challa in full force. And then by the end, we get uh, some craziness, a couple of crazy moments with uh, one of the people who was in that meeting and a character who we saw for the first time in the book last issue. And really a moment that spins things in a really crazy way for it. very child. mysterious, Mr. Pinagos. You're putting a lot of, you know, this character wanna, and that character. I don't want to give anything away because no, you guys good. need to read it. I applaud you. Yeah. I applaud your secrecy, sir. Uh, Civil War The Accused number one this is a special one shot written by Mark Guggenheim art by Ramon Box and Gary Brown colors by Ruth Redman this is a Daredevil focused issue where it's kind of expanding on what we saw in the main Civil War 2 book where Hawkeye went on trial here we've got Daredevil called in as Matt Murdock to act as the prosecution prosecuting Hawkeye uh, offers Hawkeye a plea deal Hawkeye does not go for it Hawkeye has basically said like I want to stand trial I want to see if I can legitimately like i feel bad about what i did i want to see if i can be exonerated or not so we get some cool legal stuff mark Guggenheim, of course is a lawyer so he gets to inject all of that we see matt interact matt murdoch interacting with the defense attorney as daredevil investigating whether or not hawkeye is being given a fair trial there's some pretty surprising revelations in here on stuff that's going on behind the scenes in the trial with the judge with the rest of the prosecution. Um, but really, it comes down to, you know, this interview or... Uh, what do you call it when you interview cross someone? Cross-examination. Yes, cross-examination of Hawkeye and Matt really digging in and making things happen. Um, we get comments from people on the street. If you enjoyed the little bits we saw in Civil War 2 you're really going to enjoy just the, uh, the detail in which Mark Guggenheim goes into here. And the art is just... Dark and haunting and very down so definitely worthwhile if you're enjoying Civil War Two to check out Civil War Two: The Accused. And Mark has a lawyerly background, just like I said that, just uh, like our Daredevil uh, writer Charles Soule. Uh, this is issue number ten of Daredevil, written by Charles, art by Ron Garney, colors by Matt Mila. Daredevil's been on a little bit of a hot streak lately. Hell yeah! I'll be honest, when it first started out, I was still kind of in the uh, I love the Mark Wade, Chris Somney, very different Daredevil. So it took me a little while to cotton to the new version of Daredevil, but I really like the story arc in um, that took place just with Spider-Man guest starring, and then this issue was excellent. Yeah. So why don't you talk about it, Ryan? Sure. <laughs> this is the first part of Dark Art, uh, and you know the first half of the issue is sort of setting up where Daredevil is, what's going on with Blind Spot, some really cool like um, things where Matt is trying to. To help him out and like get blind spot on a really good place, uh, some cool you know behind the scenes lawyery things. But the it really gets cooking by the end when it turns into like this almost like seven ish uh, vibe yeah. where the blind spot gets uh, a note that says hey come here blah 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 which he's freaked out about mm-hmm. and then he goes to investigate which he's young he probably shouldn't have done that on his own but he goes. And then he gets super freaked out by what he finds. He calls Daredevil. Daredevil shows up, and it's just this cool. Oh, God. What they find. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're investigating it. It's just its very cool. And the way Daredevil is able to tell what oh, it is. That's so gross. <sighs> yeah, it's Ugh. terrific. It's like Josh having a snot fest. Ugh. That's over now. It's That's over, yes. He says it's over. We're glad you're well, Josh. Thank we really you. are. Um, we're also glad that we have a new issue of Darth Vader, the penultimate issue of Darth Vader, issue number 24, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Edgar Delgado. When we last left our hero, <laughs> he was in the clutches of Silo, uh, a guy who was even more evil than he was. He's, Silo has shut him down. He's shut down all his uh, robot parts, so he's not fully functioning anymore. This issue is a big flashback act to when he was Anakin Skywalker, back to when he lost his legs, when he fought Obi-Wan. Um, when he, when, What's the, what's the planet where he gets all messed up on? I know you know this. Mustafar. Mustafar. He's on Mustafar. We get to see him in all his good hair glory. I'm a Mustafarian, man. Yeah, no. Good stuff. You know, stuff. you get it? Yeah, great stuff. Um, and then Mustafar. We, we, get, we get Anakin Skywalker against Darth Vader. We get some... What's her name padma padme 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 action some pregnant padme action <laughs> all sorts of stuff that you star wars fans will love um <laughs> but, and the- yeah it's it's just like kieran getting inside vader's head yeah to get him to this point is so awesome the, like he's he's shut down essentially kylo's mm-hmm. got him he's under his thumb but He's Darth friggin' Vader. He is never all the way out, and this shows just what an unrelenting force of nature he is. And yes, I used force intentionally well, there. Yeah, there's... Hi-oh! The, is the line here? Nothing is impossible for the force. Uh, it, no context, just great stuff. So good. Um, and so we find out... We find out something about Silo. I don't want to reveal it. Never mind. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, And we end on the Emperor and an unexpected guest. And that is going to spin us into the final issue. Why? The final issue of Darth Vader coming later this month. Yeah. All right. We've got Deadpool and the Mercs for money. Deadpool and the Mercs for money. Money. Deadpool and the Mercs for money. Number two. Written by Colin Bunn. Art by Eban Coelho. Colors by Guru Effects. Uh, So the first issue, Deadpool and the Mercs, went after Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, They have a mysterious client who has them going after these people, capturing them for what we don't quite know yet. But here, they enlist the help of Gorilla Man. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Even though it's like two pages of Gorilla Man and then he out. But the, you know what? That's Just give us a need. little taste. That's all you need. Maybe they get some back in everybody's heads, and they're like, ooh, good. I want some it's more good. Gorilla Man. Yeah, and uh, how could you not feel that way? I don't know. Uh, but they are going after Radioactive Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. They're going after Radioactive people. Yep. Radioactive Man says it right there in his name. <laughs> he advertises it. Um, but this, what kudos to Colin and Ibon and everybody for making Radioactive Man scary as hell yeah. and really intense, like... Top level villain right here, he is badass, has to take the entire team of Mercs to even potentially take him down. Mm-hmm. Uh there's this great moment where like they think they got him and it's like quiet and everything's a little bit chill. It reminds me of like Ghostbusters stuff, uh in Ghostbusters two mm-hmm. when the Scalery brothers the go away and then they come back and it's just great. Yeah, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Uh wonderful stuff, kick ass fight. Uh, And then, you know, it's really, there are some things said that make Deadpool start to question what's going on, but is it too late? Yeah, it's very interesting to contrast the relationship between Deadpool and the Mercs in this book and in the main Deadpool title, because he's not really good with them either, but it's neat to see the story unfolding on two different uh, wavelengths. Yeah, Uh, It's also neat to see Old Man Logan reach issue number 10 by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcelo Maiolo. It's part two of The Last Ronin. It's called The Well, and the reason it's called The Well is because Old Man Logan gets hucked down to the bottom of a well in Japan, and he's got to climb his way out of it, but if he climbs his way out of it, there's just a guy from the Silent Order waiting at the top with a bow and arrow to shoot him back down. These guys the Silent Order are someone that Logan has dealt with in our future, aka his past. And the time travel at all gets a little confusing, but basically it's this order of ninjas Who he has to fight? Uh, He has a lady friend with him, as per usual Wolverine style. Tragedy strikes there, but back in the present, Logan is dealing once again with the Silent Order and with the main bad guy of the Silent Order, um, and trying to figure out if there's a way to thwart this seemingly limitless army that is going to come after him and try to throw him down in the bottom of a well. I love Wolverine versus ninjas. Makes me so happy. Is always good times totally all right up next we've got scarlet witch number nine written by james robinson art by joelle jones colors by Rochelle rosenberg uh i this issue is so good it starts out with scarlet witch just doing her yoga yeah just clearing her chakras yeah is that a thing uh yeah 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 totally is uh she's asking me i'm the expert of course you're you're a yoga teacher Um, right yeah I'm a yogi. Yeah. Uh, I love the art in this issue. Oh, my gosh. Joel Jones. So good. So good. Uh, it's got this, like, realistic vibe, but also yeah. such a, like, cool comic book superhero business going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's her sort of being chill, just living her life, doing her thing. And Pho, her brother, comes up. He's like, hey, stupid, we got to go. <laughs> oh. You're, you, He's the worst. He in this is issue. so terrible. Listen, Quicksilver is typically bad, but he is like a little extra. It's in upsetting. This issue. It's yeah. like, it's I just want to read. punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. Do not talk to her or anyone like that. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? He's a monster. He is, he says all kinds of just terrible stuff. But that's stuff Quicksilver. To you know? I know, it's not out of character. I know. But like, they were ra- they lived together. Mm-hmm. You know, they grew up together and they on the very same path for such a long time so when you have that nature versus nurture thing his nature is just being uh josh you're gonna bleep this his nature is being a total shithead, yeah and that's just who he is and that sucks yeah for her uh, it's great comics because it yeah, puts all yeah, this yeah, yeah like the story is great he's basically like hey dummy uh, there's a civil war dummy don't Why worry don't you I'm gonna come- make the choice for you yeah. you obviously are not capable of making choices by yourself let big brother take care yeah. of it I know everything you're a dummy come with me we're gonna fight this on the right side you're a dummy 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 Dumb. that's the way it, read. it like in my head I was just like this yeah, guy no, sounds about right. bums me out and she gets pissed off rightfully so and it, it's uh you know Sends their relationship into, you know, uh, an, a a different place, probably a better place for her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she needs that jerk. I don't think so either. Blood, pff, I Blood don't mean nothing. than I've water. I've got plenty of family. I don't ever want to talk to. Yeah. It's just how it is. It's just the way it be. You never talk to your twin brother. Don't talk about him. We don't talk about. We don't talk about Myron Panagos here on the podcast. <laughs> um, Spider-Man 2099 number 13 yet another Civil War 2 tie-in. We've got Captain America 2099 wanting to head back into the future to find her family. We've got Ulysses having a vision about her going to the future hence the Civil War 2-ness of it all. Uh, she ends up in 2099 and she fights a tiger. It's, uh, it's the panel of the year with uh, Captain America just punching out a tiger. You know a vicious tiger. So then she goes looking for her family. I, I felt legit bad. I, knew I was you like, wouldn't. I had a feeling. I you was worried. like, come on, like you're tougher than yeah. those tigers. Just Way tougher, you know. She gives the tiger a black eye, and yeah. Tiger's all like, yeah. oh, "I'm totally not cool anymore." But you know, it's the future. Things are different. Um, she gets caught by the public eye. She gets help from a classic 2099 guest star. Meanwhile, back in the present, Miguel O'Hara finds out from Peter Parker that Ulysses has had this terrible vision about Spider-Man 2099 and Captain America 2099. So Spidey 2099 has to book it to the future to hopefully save Captain America. Uh, this is kind of funny payoff where he ends up in the same pen with the tiger who now has a black eye. And the tiger just leaves him the F alone because he doesn't want any more trouble. Uh, but then another 2099 classic character in a New guise shows up to deal out some punishments. Yes. All right, on to Spider-Man Deadpool number eight. Number eight. Great. Written by Joe Kelly. Pencils by Emma Guinness. Uh, inks and colors. Mark Morales and Livesay and Jason Keith. Uh, this is the conclusion to Isn't It Bromantic? Mm. Uh, as Isn't it romantic? All the events uh, where Deadpool has killed Peter Parker and yeah. brought him back to life twice. Multiple times. Uh, has... You know, has kind of made Spidey a little pissed off. Mm-hmm. He's a little upset by all of this, so uh, he finds Wade. Wade is sort of a little bummed out about everything that's gone on. Yeah, he's not thrilled with how things have gone either. No, Uh, and he's going to take down um, someone who needs some taken down. Spider-Man comes up to him, and Spider is in really like angry. He's like super, like listening to a lot of Slipknot level of angry. A lot uh, of Slipknot. Yeah. Uh, And they find this, do we know who this character's name is? Is No. I don't think it's. They call him Patient Zero, so I guess that's his name. Maybe. Uh, But he has these, like, he's doing all these experiments. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's his name. They call him that multiple times. Well, great. Uh, Patient (laughs) Zero works for me. uh, But he's, like, done all these genetic experiments on people, and they call them Mm monstrosities, And they're gross, super gross. uh, And then it gets really gross because he has these little disks on them that, uh, you know, basically keep their pain threshold down. Uh, it says it's a control unit, but it, it'll, in, in addition to the letting him control them, uh, it gives them a pain dampener, dopamine booster, and uh, they don't know what's going on. Mm. They Wade pulls one off, and then mm. it's just horrifying. It's horrific. Yeah, it's really, really gross. Uh, but big old cool battle and some crazy stuff. Deadpool gets a lot of glass in his ass. It's wonderful in that sense. <laughs> uh, and then we get to see, you know, Patient Zero by the end has bigger plans in store, and hes uh, it was all part of his master plan. Wrapping things up this week, we've got The Vision number 10, written by Tom King, art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, colors by Jordi Belair. Now, in TV, there's something called a bottle episode, where the cast of a TV show gets stuck in one location for the entire episode. This is the equivalent of a bottle episode for The Vision, where after what happened with Victor Mancha, after what happened with Vision's son, Vision, his wife... And his daughter are now stuck in their house and the dog and the dog and they are talking to each other uh just having conversations having like just the most you know logical this point a to point b conversations and you just feel this tension building and building and getting worse and just this undercurrent of um how frustrated vision is how shell-shocked his wife is Uh, Viv, the daughter, is maybe the most interesting the way she's dealing with it we get this great scene with her and her dad doing something you don't expect Vision to do and it seems totally foreign Uh, there's a thing with Vision and the wife and a lighter um, and finally Vision, just the heartbreaker when he replays through his ocular server, or as you might call it an eye oh I Um, remember that he replays old footage of his son and that puts him in full costume busts out and then the Avengers are made aware that the vision is free I love this I love the way it ends so suddenly with Iron Man just going everybody now and then you expect to flip the page and see like you know the big splash page of everyone deploying but it goes to a great letters page instead and it's like wow we're just like right in the middle just taken out of the action continues to be just a brilliant book man oh man There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff, of course. A lot of good stuff up in here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give the one, two punch of all new, all different Avengers my swim of the Week. So the All New Avengers, All New, All Different Avengers number 13, and All New, All Different Avengers annual number one combined to form my Twim of the Week. That's good. That's good. It is good. I. I'm going to pick Darth Vader 24. Uh, although I'll one. probably end up picking 25 because yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a humdinger. Yeah, it's going to do a, it's gonna take a toll on you. But uh, sure. 24, so good. I just I love that book so much. Very cool. Be sad to see it go. Collections on sale this week Avengers K, Volume 2, The Advent of Ultron. That is crazy. Yeah? Yeah, it's cool. Like, just uh, what's the term for Korean comics? It's like Manwe? Mm. I think mm-hmm. I could be wrong um, but it's just cool it's like they're sort of classic stories adapted uh, by Korean uh, cool. comic, art, comic cool. artists and creators it's cool it's, it's very neat very cool and we'll hopefully see more of that Black Panther by Christopher P- Priest The Complete Collection Volume 4 that's all good stuff read all of Christopher Priest's work uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians of Infinity Guardians of the Galaxy Tales of Cosmos Spidey Volume 1 First Day Star Wars, Darth Vader Volume 3, The Shooter Run War. Speaking of Darth Vader, goodness, if you want to check that out. And then Thor Epic Collection Volume 12, Runequest. 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 Yeah. All right. Digital Comics on sale this week. We've got a new issue of your Marvels, the August Infinite comic, as well as the Ultimate Spider-Man Infinite comic. Uh, Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, we've got Alpha Flight 1 through 12 from the 2004 series. And then Alpha Flight 0 through 8 of the 2011 series. You're just... Yes. 2011 was the one that came out during Fear Itself. 2004, I believe, is the Scott Lobdell, Clayton Henry version, which was more played for laughs. Yep. Yep. Uh, Bizarre Adventures, issue 32. Yes. Which I think... So there's the... Did the Mockingbird collection come out oh well we'll talk about that another week that's crazy uh black panther 50 through 56 59 through 62 uh from the 98 series exiles 39 through 58 62 through 68 and 72 through 74 uh which all great all i love exiles. exiles is good all around yeah marvel team up 83 through 85 and the crew one through seven Digital collections on sale this week, Avengers K-Book 2, The Advent of Ultron, Black Panther by Christopher Priest, Complete Collection Volume 4, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of Infinity, Guardians of the Galaxy, Tales of the Cosmos, Spidey Volume 1, First Day, Star Wars Darth Vader Volume 3, The Shoot Shooter Run War, Thor Epic Collection, RuneQuest, Quest, NYX No Way Home, NYX Wannabe, Wolverine First Cuts, X-Men Origins and X-Men Origins 2. All right. And freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we have A Force number 2, Amazing Spider-Man number 7, Amazing Spider-Man and Silk: The Spider-Fly Effect Infinite Comic number 2, Captain America Sam Wilson number 6, Marvel's Captain America: Civil War Prelude Infinite Comic, Ms. Marvel number 4, New Avengers number 6, Old Man Logan number 2, Red Wolf number 3, Silk number 4, Spider-Gwen number 5. Spider Man Deadpool number two, Spider Man 2099 number six, Totally Awesome Hulk number three, (laughs) Ultimates number four, and Weird World number three. Very nice. Yeah, a lot of good stuff this week for you to read. Let's uh, consume it all. Let's get some news. And now from Marvel
1: headquarters, it's this week
2: in Marvel News. Okay, the news this week. Uh, We are still talking all about the new Marvel Now titles. There's a ton of them. We're going to cover a few every week on Marvel.com. One of my personal favorites I'm really looking forward to is Ultimate Squared. It's going to be the follow-up to the current Ultimate series. It is still written by Al Ewing. It's going to have art by Travel Foreman, which should be really special. Yeah. We spoke to Al about it. We got a new cover from Travel. Some really good stuff there. Uh, Sketchbooks released this week by Michael Walsh for Rockin' and Groot as well as by Leonardo Romero for Doctor Strange. And hey, Aaron Cooter is now exclusive to Marvel. And I talked to him about being exclusive to Marvel. He is bonkers yeah. amazing. Really, really good. Um, looking forward to seeing what he does. He's working on Death of X right now. but Hell of a nice guy, there. too. Yeah, I've never met him. Yeah, um, I hung out with him at um, C2E2, C2E2 last two years, um, especially this past year, and... Just great dude. Really, really excited. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I was excited to interview him. Uh, he's very just, like you said, just thrilled to be at Marvel, and that's totally cool. Over in games, uh, there's a new Gamma Zone event going on in Avengers Academy that allows you to recruit the Hulk as well as Tigra. There's a way to get Thor in there as well. And in Marvel Puzzle Quest, Black Bolt has made his auspicious debut. black Agar <laughs> that would be a great, Best like... name in comics. Yeah, that'd be a great Hammerfall song. It was just... Yeah. Yeah. like who you are Yeah, it would just be about him. Yeah. I'd be really into that. Um, I know Strami and the Wolfman are going to talk about the new trailer and uh, poster for Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix when we get to their section. But just a reminder, if you have or are going thinking about getting a Marvel MasterCard, you will get 3% cash back for Netflix. So what you do is you get your card, you get your Marvel MasterCard, bing and bang and a boom you put it on your account that's what you get your charges for your netflix and you're gonna get three percent cash back so it's actually like you're saving money on crazy. netflix crazy if you have the marvel mastercard how if can you not do that if you want a netflix and chill do it with the marvel mastercard i i think that like with it like no, physically not th- oh, okay good use good. use the marvel mastercard to enable your participation that's much better. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. Great. Uh, so yeah, you go to marvel.com slash credit card or marvelmastercard.com there is. Uh, Apply for it. Get it. Save yourself some cash money. Uh, Alright. On that note, let's go over to Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman.
3: It's the West Coast, me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. Hello out there. This week in Marvel, this is marvel.com assistant editor patrick cavanaugh coming at you with an all new what up wolfman that's right uh not only is it a new installment of what up wolfman but uh also unfortunately it is the very last what up wolfman uh that's right mark is currently on set mark strom is currently on the set of marvel's agents of shield uh make sure to tune into that on tuesday september 20th at 10 p.m on abc uh he's doing that gathering all sorts of cool content which is the best kind of content cool cool guy content um And this being the last installment of What Up Wolfman means that uh, I will no longer be reporting in to the podcast because I will no longer be with Marvel. I'm moving on to Greener Pastures, Fuller Moons. I don't know if it's Fuller Moons or more full moons. Probably Fuller because it's like Fuller House was the name of that sitcom on netflix so that's uh yeah i'll be here next week uh to do a brand new this week in marvel with mark strom uh we'll be talking about a whole bunch of monster books and you know werewolf by night books and stuff like that all the the twim urc is all up on the net so make sure to check that out uh, but then, yeah. After next week, I'll be I'll be gone. You'll be stuck with Mark Strom. Storm Strom Storm. That's what I did. I combined Storm with Strom. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening all these years. Thanks all these years. I say that like I've been here for 15 years. I've only been here for two years, just barely over two years. It's been a magical experience. I don't know when the first installment of What Up Wolfman was. But I uh, am sure it was legendary. I'm sure you were all confused, surprised, possibly delighted when you did not hear Mark Strom's voice. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to make it short and sweet. Thank you to all the listeners for listening and showing your support on Twitter and email and Tumblr and all the places you participate and uh, support This Week in Marvel. Um, What else do I have? Well, in a a minute, you're going to hear an installment of the This Week in Marvel Animation segment. So that's cool. It's a juicy one. It's it's about 15 minutes if you're looking to skip past it. But I do not recommend skipping past it. Um, Yeah, that's probably really all I've got to say. Uh, If you would like to keep up with all my goings on, uh, you can follow me on Twitter my Twitter handle is the wolfman no spaces no underscores just the wolfman yeah pretty cool that I have that Twitter handle now you know why this is called what up wolfman uh, feel free to say bye tell me your favorite memory of me tell me uh, just give me lots of compliments give me lots of praise feel free to loop Benji at Benj Morse and at Agent M into the conversation. It has been a blast. So until next time, I will smell you later. Hello out there this week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh, and I'm joined by...
0: Marcia Griffin, director of current series at... Marvel Animation. Are you sure? Are you sure about I'm that? Not There's some sure. hesitation I'm totally in your voice. I'm totally lying. Uh, you know what? To be I make, fair, I make it up every week.
3: You're a little distracted because this is a star-studded episode of I'm the a podcast. Little, I am. You I am. are you this were is, trying to get autographs from the from the, from the like, guests that you brought like, in. This is
0: like Brad Pitt and Liev Schreiber <laughs> like have joined me. Liev
3: Schreiber. That's, Brad Pitt, I see why that's the go-to. You don't but think I like,
0: Liev Schreiber? Come on.
3: I mean, he's a hunk. Uh, yeah. He was great in Sphere
0: Ray and
3: Scream 2. I have, have not seen Ray Donovan. Oh,
0: all right. Well then my Come Liev, talk to me after that.
3: My Liev Schreiber begins and ends with late 90s cinema. No, so. no, no, no. You
0: gotta, gotta uh, see him now. Gotta but, see him now.
1: He's still kind of a Deep cut in your celebrity grab, though. Oh, absolutely!
3: I yeah. like to go, you know. Uh, go, hey, I'm all about the deep cuts. Point is, you know, with uh, the voice you just heard, I will, I will say that that was the Brad Pitt that you just heard,
1: <laughs> uh, because this week we're joined by. My name is Tim Eldred. I'm an episodic director at Marvel Animation.
3: And that means the Leab Schreiber of today's episode <laughs> is
4: Ray Donovan. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Jeff Allen. I'm the supervising director of. Uh, Marvel's Avengers: Ultron Revolution.
3: Uh, and, and yeah, r- round of applause for. Uh, this? Oh, yeah, Thor is Thor is giving his uh his approval with some lightning bolts.
1: Uh,
3: so so, since you guys are our first time guests on the podcast, uh, and. The world, of, the world of maybe movies or publishing is sometimes a little bit easier for people to grasp what someone's title might mean. Uh, so what are your roles here at Marvel Animation?
1: This is Tim. As an episodic director, my main responsibility is to park the cars, make sure they're all lined up and nobody's bumping anybody. But when I'm done with that, um, I go into the, uh, into the office, <laughs> and I. Gra-
0: <laughs> you do an excellent job out there, Tim. That you really did. Thanks,
1: thanks. <laughs> and uh, I pick up a script, and I start thinking about how I can turn that script into pictures on your TV. And my job is to create what we call a storyboard. Storyboard, which is essentially a comic book, but instead of setting it up on pages where you see a montage of art, uh, I created it in such a way that you see one piece of art at a time and it f- flickers in front of you like a slideshow. And if you put enough of them in a row and you flicker them fast enough, they become a movie. And 24 we, frames per second, I believe. In, indeed, sir. <laughs> Just a little movie history for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the challenge is essentially the same. You have to figure out what pictures are best to tell a story. And then you put them one after the other. Uh, You've got some leeway in comics because you don't have to worry about every single turn and pose and step, but in animation, you're essentially recreating live action motion. And so you need to do that economically in a way that you can fit that entire script into 22 screen minutes and communicate everything you have to and make sure every character gets their spotlight and make sure the plot is exactly what the writer envisioned.
3: Yeah, well, you know what, those writers, they don't really work that hard. Like, if you have to cut dialogue or scenes, who cares? Who cares about those writers, (laughs) those prima donnas? Totally are. Uh, And and so Jeff, what's your role here at uh, Marvel Animation? I I usually point to the parking spots for
4: Tim. (laughs) And I go, hey, put the car over there, man. Don't don't
0: diminish yourself, Jeff. You do a nice wash and wax in the morning.
4: (laughs) I do, (laughs) nude. No, just kidding. Um, Basically, I am uh, like a uh, director of sorts. Uh, I direct the directors. I tell them, hey, man, make this drawing look like that drawing. And I pit them against each other. Like uh, a Thunderdome (laughs) type of situation? Yeah. And uh, chainsaws, spears. Two artists. All that good stuff. (laughs) Now, the overall look of the show and, um, yeah, just making sure that uh, it stays true to uh, Marvel history and is updated nicely in ways that only Leo
1: Schreiber can understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say that if you are more familiar with publishing, like Marvel Comics... My role would be a penciler, and Jeff's role would be an editor.
3: Cool. Yeah, that's, that's a great way of putting it. Um, and, you know, I love hearing about how people got involved in either Marvel or just the, the, uh, their animation career. So, so, what are your backgrounds? How did you come from whatever background you had to these roles at Marvel?
1: Well, I grew up back in Michigan where we didn't really have much animation and we didn't have much of a film business and we didn't have any publishing. So about all I could do with my artistic skills was look at comics and then create my own comics and try and figure out how they were made and turn them into you know my own thing. And so I did that for years and years and years and eventually I got connected up with people who were actually in the business and they could kinda shepherd me along and eventually I did become a professional comic book guy. And that led me out to LA, where I live now. And, you know, we have the movie and the cartoon business out here. So eventually I managed to fill into uh, that role. And um, that brought me to where I am now.
4: Cool. Very cool. I, my first comic I ever got, my mom bought me, was uh, Captain America number 203, I believe. And uh, I was hooked. And, uh, first comic I ever bought for myself was Ghost Rider number 36 and uh, I was hooked (laughs) and um, always drew um, always drew through school and uh, drawn on my peachy folder and on my tests and everything (laughs) and um, then I became a a Tower Records uh, display artist and I did that for about seven years and then when that was like petering out uh, I decided I needed to get a better job so I started to take the steps to become a postman sure. <laughs> and I said I don't want to be a mailman. man <laughs> and um, and got introduced to somebody in the business and uh, I took a test and then redid the test and uh, I got hired on an animation show for another company <laughs> and uh, from there it just uh, exploded and I been here ever since uh, in animation. Yeah, about as old as my son. He's turning twenty
3: on Sunday. Oh, cool! Happy <laughs> birthday, Lenny! Happy, Happy birthday, Lenny! Of course, a devoted listener. Uh, <laughs> uh, has there been a superhero called Mailman? <laughs> has that like has that happened yet? Did I just? Uh, that, does this count as patenting it? <laughs>
0: I think that just counts as Marvel owns it. Right oh, now. typical!
3: <laughs> typical. Well,
1: you gotta were, keep uh, that stuff to yourself, Patrick. Yeah. There were two superhero movies, I think. One was called Il Postino, oh, okay. and <laughs> yeah. the other was the, the Postman. Postman. <laughs> the Postman, yeah, yeah, those count. Yeah. Uh,
3: also, I I haven't specified whether I spell it M-A-I-L or M-A-L-E. Sure. <laughs> I was picturing M-A-L-E. Mailman. Like, yeah, I was thinking mailman. Yeah. Uh, but but. Jeff, you, you pu- pointed out something interesting. Um, to both Marsha and Tim, do you guys remember your first comic book that either like you obtained or or borrowed or bought?
0: I'm going to make an admission here that's not going to come to a surprise to most people that I know, which is I, I have actually, I think the first, well, I don't know, the, the, the first uh, comic book, which was technically not a comic book, it was a graphic novel that I ever bought, was not... In my youth, it was in my oh. not youth. well. You're still you're still in your youth, now, so that's really confusing. And that confusing. would be wow. uh, Power and Glory by Brian Michael Bendis. Cool. So that wow. is actually my first and probably still favorite because um, it combined everything I loved, which was it combined the business and humor and a great dark take on on the entertainment business. So that is actually that's that's my story. I was not a comic book reader. As a kid, I was a monster movie lover. As a kid, which is kind of where my boys' action when I started off in boys' action. Um, one of the first shows I ever wrote for was Godzilla, and that played right into my wheelhouse because I grew up watching every single Godzilla movie about 14 times. So that was where I started. That was
1: for Sony. Yeah. yeah I directed Sony. a couple of those. Yay. Yeah. You boarded the opening too, right? The opening title, right? Yeah. yeah. The opening yeah. title, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's where that was. That wasn't my first animated series, but that was. Uh, I Wait, think you, that sort of started. You did
4: Jumanji too. I did right? Jumanji too. That was the <laughs> other animation. <laughs> that was my was that first your, gig. that your first game? Yeah. Wow. I got hired for Extreme Ghostbusters, but and the that guy walked first, me that around.
0: Was that was my first game. That was my first animation writing gig was Jumanji.
3: Well, awesome. Yeah. We're, I, we're discovering a lot about ourselves yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Anyways, yeah. And, and Tim, do you remember your first.
1: Uh, I vaguely remember Bugs Bunny comics and things of that nature when I was a little kid. Uh, I specifically remember a Superman comic that followed those. It was Hope and Glory, I'm sorry. Did I say Power
3: and Glory? You said Power and Glory. I'm Probably we're combining it with Bendis' Powers. Sorry, yes, thing.
4: I did yeah. combine that with
0: Bendis' Powers. I'm going to go back to it. It was Hope and Glory and then I read Powers after And that. it was cool. a
4: graphic novel too. Yes, it was a graphic novel. Can I interrupt really quick? My sorry. first graphic novel ever was The Death of Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin. Ooh. That's right! The very first graphic novel. Wow. Yep, and it was Marvel too. That's right. I'm way better uh, than you not
1: oh, Wasn't there a publisher who did a graphic novel before that, but it no. just wasn't called uh, that yet?
4: Mouse, maybe.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, Contract, Contract with God
3: from Will Eisner. Wasn't that? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but this was. I remember. How old was I? I don't know,
1: like eleven or something. Wasn't there a Silver Surfer graphic novel before that? No, I think. I think the first
4: time they came out with their graphic novels. Like, their new format, and they called him, that was the first time I was aware, graphic novel. Graphic novel? Okay. Was uh, Captain Marvel Death of that guy. All right. And what killed him? Cancer. Love. (laughs) (laughs) Well.
0: (laughs) Was it both?
4: (laughs) I don't think love can kill anybody unless it's Darth Vader, oh, funny, right?
1: He had no. a wicked canker sore, if I remember. <laughs> yeah.
4: All he needed was some Campo oh, This no podcast is brought to you by Campo Fini. Uh you Captain America,
3: I will say, I will say, I remember uh, the first comic I got was in a Christmas stocking, and my mom knew that I was watching the uh, X-Men animated series, yeah. and a friend of mine had the. Uh, the tops trading cards, but I, I was just aware of superheroes. So she got me, you know, obviously went into the comic book store and was like, I'll have what the kids are reading. And it was it was like shortly after Wolverine's adamantium had been pulled out of him and he had, you know, his bone the claws bones. were coming in. I was like, what this isn't number one. What what <laughs> happened before <laughs> oh, this?
0: Yeah. What happened after you this? You know what have helped that and too. Can't
3: vote. For Nick. Oh. <laughs>
4: But you were intrigued.
3: I was. I was <laughs> terribly confused, and uh-huh. I. I might have even just, you know, like, tossed it in my closet. Like, I don't know what's happening. Oh. Just so, and I still, you know, followed up on uh, uh, the animated series. But it was a really jarring experience as a kid to not understand the the se- sequential storytelling, right. and right. obviously between like all new, all different, and Marvel Now, and point ones and point fives and point whatever's. We luckily can you know offer people a few more experiences to get in on the ground floor of something. Oh, yeah. Speaking uh,
0: of animated and all
3: new, what do we have this week at 8:30 <laughs> a.m. on Disney XD in an episode of Marvel's Avengers: Ultron Revolution? Is
0: that what's the all new? I'm, I didn't know. I just asked. That I is had all No new. idea what was coming.
3: I'm up. glad. I was. I you know not. what? I was nervous that my ranting and raving was just aimless and we were going to end up here for 45 <laughs> no, minutes, it's never but been. apparently we're back on track. We are back uh, So what what's happening this week in a new episode of Marvel's Avengers? also on revolution. Uh,
0: this week uh, the Avengers are trying to stop AIM from stealing high tech weapons from the future. Huh. But
1: do we know they're from the future?
0: We learn they're from the future. Okay. No we know but that and that now we do. Tim do
3: you not know? Because that's probably important to know for <laughs> and then
0: and it just so happened that whole that but that process attracts the attention of one Kang the Conqueror. Oh no. Oh no. That's a big oh no. <laughs> that's a big oh no. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the episode. It's Kang the Conqueror episode. And played has, by the played by the fantastic Steve
3: Bloom. And has he has Kang been in previous animated episodes or is this his debut? This will be his first. <laughs> really? For our show, yeah. First and is this
1: his last appearance? I can't, tell
3: you, <laughs> can't tell you that.
1: Can't tell me that? No. Come on! No, we can't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody can get killed because we have to have them come back in later shows and save us the trouble of designing new characters. That's right. That's true.
3: Okay. So, so we can say we might never see him again, but he definitely doesn't get killed, or does he? Or does he? <laughs>
0: or does he? I don't like the. the, the you know what? We could find out in like the next, uh, like in you know the next ten podcasts. Unfortunately, Patrick, you won't be with us for the next ten podcasts. Isn't that true?
3: That is true, because I will be dead.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or will you?
3: Or will I?
4: Just like Kang at the end of our episode. Oh wait!
3: No, this is if if we don't want to kill Kang so they can use his character design later, potentially with this model that they they have right now. Right, I'm right. sure I'm sure whoever's pulling the strings is anxious to scrap that version <laughs> and go with the all-new, all-different version with a new design and new costume somewhere, somewhere in the future. Somewhere in the future. Somewhere in the future. Uh, so, yeah, make sure to tune in to that brand-new episode this Sunday at... I almost said 10.30. That would be incorrect. That would be It's incorrect. this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Disney XD, Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. Marsha, Jeff, Tim, thank you guys for thank chatting you with me. And make sure Absolutely. you... Cartoon in this Sunday. Questions and comments,
2: questions and comments, questions and comments from you. Alright. All right. We are back. We've got questions and comments from you guys. Of course, you can send them to us as we noted earlier by using the hashtag This Week in Marvel or send them to our email account, twinpodcast@marvel.com. at marvel.com. Up first, we got Connor Becker, PWA 08, with an old school reference here 10 speed and brown shoe with a will see, hashtag ADX, and he tagged both Nicolo and Tom Riord. I'd love to know the context of this tweet. It, I, is Con- Connor, are you just going through and listening to old episodes, which is great? It's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Uh, but 10 speed and brown shoe, that that's years a year's cut. Yeah, that's that was. Great. Uh, that was some good stuff. I'm not going to explain what it is here you can, today. You can totally yeah. Google 10-speed and brown shoe, and then you'll still be confused. You'll, you'll get a delightful uh, video theme song yeah. that's really going to rock your world. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Sane, Star-Lord's new suit gives me a ton of joy. It's like a combination of every look he's ever had. Love it. That's from the Marvel Now collection that uh, Chip Zdarsky's writing. And who is drawing that? It's Chris Anka. Chris Anka is right. Ooh. Yeah. So that's delightful. Gonna, that's going to be a hot book. Nice. Hayden Saint, great name. Almost as good as uh, Steel Johnson, the What's... U.S. Olympic diver who oh. performed. Uh, I think he medaled. Uh, yeah. Like performed. Yeah, like Steel Johnson performed sort of really cir- well. Some sort of circus animal. <laughs> Come on, now. Uh, HWV says uh, one of his picks was by Jerry Duggan. Uncanny Avengers Eleven. It's balls to the wall action and drama. That's what Jerry Duggan provides. Yeah, just balls to the wall. All balls, all walls, all, all drama. The time. Some action. Yeah, all uh, action. Joshua Cooper says, Twim of the Week." was the fight between Thor and Silver Samurai. Specifically, the banter. Oh, the banter, he says. Good banter. It was really great banter, Josh. Uh, and Josh continues and says, Twin of the Week for the next week was Uncanny X-Men number 11. Greg Lan and Jay Leiston are making some of his favorite art and comics right now. Very cool. Good job. Over to Kai Charles, reading all the Secret Wars 2015 tie ins on Marvel Unlimited. So good. Right? That's what it's there for. Begging a, in a, boom. You yep. want to read all the comics, you get all the comics. You get them all, all in one place. Uh, Matt Day says, just found this week in Marvel today. Listen for the comic content. Subscribe for the pro wrestling references. Favorite listener. And then Favorite listener. We get like a prayer emoji, but, but I like to think that it's Corey Graves' taunt. Oh, you know that's like what he does before <laughs> before he start when he gets introduced on each show. So yeah, that's what I got. Uh It's uh, or is it also applause? I. I think of it as blessed. Blessed. You know, because oh, yeah, I like too. I like throwing a hashtag blessed, but sometimes you ain't got the characters for it. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to use the emoji. Yeah. I so uh, I am caught up on NXT, but not Cruiserweight. I started watching Cruiserweight Classic this morning because I was a little late getting in here. Uh-huh. So I started, I was watching a match between um, Jason Lee. I had to forget who he was wrestling. It escapes me. Oh, and uh, Rich Swann. Mm. um but yeah i'm all caught on nxt talk about how much you love glorious <laughs> holy crap that is the best theme song yeah. i wish we owned it so we could put it on the show do you remember when we went to uh cyclones park to yep. see tna yep and we filmed a bunch of guys from tna yep and blake and i saw bobby rude mm-hmm. and he was wearing an iron man t-shirt <sighs> we were like oh perfect we'll get like a little interview with him we're like bobby would you do something tomorrow he goes what Uh, I'm not a comics fan. I just like this shirt. Just a cool looking shirt. He still was nice and he recorded something for us where he's basically like, you know, this is Marvel, your universe, I'm Bobby Roode. But he was so like, whoa, whoa, look. I know nothing about Iron Man. He probably went to a comic store with like Chris and Kaz or Joe. and like, like, oh, this is a cool looking shirt. Yeah. buy it. But it literally just, it was like Iron Man's head. And I'm like, how do you not know anything about Iron Man? You're wearing Iron Man shorts. That is terrific. And that it was, was also the short period where um, Chris Sabin was TNA champ. It was, yeah. yeah. Although, that was a great part, too. Because on TV, he hadn't gotten the championship no. yet. And he was filming... Ugh, This is great. It's It's all good stuff. TV tapings are delightful. So that was your wrestling corner. Y'all. You're welcome. Even if you're not a wrestling fan. You're welcome, Kai Charles. (laughs) No, Matt uh, Matt Day. You're welcome, Matt Day. And you're welcome, Kai Charles. (laughs) I I would suggest, even if you're not a wrestling fan, just Google Glorious (laughs) Bobby Roode. Watch the YouTube video. Listen to the song. I defy you to tell me it's not amazing. It's amazing. It It is incredible. It's so catchy. It's glorious. It's glorious. Raph AB says, started listening to the West Coast part of this week of Marvel 249. Uh, Wolfman playing with a soundboard is hilarious. Wolfman has a soundboard? It, I need to know if it's more than just the like the, the horn. Like was it just him making noises or is it actually a technological soundboard? I don't know. Hmm. We need a soundboard. We do need a soundboard. Josh, when do you finish up? Uh, You're here like forever, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, No. You never know. No. <laughs> um, I wish we could use the David Lee Roth soundboard oh, that I used to so enjoy good. all the time. That was so fun. Yeah. Good time. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raph also says, okay, Marvel friends, what you did using Avengers footage to talk about the designated driver, that's a good idea. That sounds cool. I have no context for no this. No context, but it so sounds like a neat idea. I, as long as it all makes sense and is legally covered, then I'm happy. Then yay, happy for times. Simon Williams, Simon Sebs, Twim of the Week for 727, Black Panther number four. It's about to get real next issue. made me happy to see that T'Challa still has feelings for Storm. They shouldn't have broken up in the first place. I think Storm is going to be appearing in upcoming issues of the Black Panther, so that should hopefully make you very excited, Simon. Squirrel Girl number 10 made me wonder, is human-slash-giant-monster-marriage legal in the Marvel Universe? Well, so there's two things there. One, you know, I think I'd like to think the Marvel Mm -hmm. Universe, specifically in, you know, the U.S. and the Marvel Universe, is a little bit more progressive. Very tolerant, You know? And I don't even like using the word tolerant. Okay. It's accepting. Tolerant is sort of like, oh, I tolerate Josh's existence. No, I accept Josh's existence. Right? That was was a sweet moment you two just had. Yeah. Uh, So that's one. Two... I don't know that, uh, that Mole Man sort of fits under the Mole laws. Man, yeah, yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say. I'm pretty sure Mole Man has his own legal system yeah. down in subterranea where he rules. I mean, he's basically a head of state. It might be not a state that any United Nations or anything acknowledges, but, yeah, he, he can make his own rules. So I'm sure not only can he marry a giant monster if he wanted to, he could probably perform the ceremony. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Very convenient. a uh, little teaser for potentially next year at C two E two, I may need to have uh the ability to perform marriages. Really? Yeah. That'd In the good state of Illinois. As someone who has have you performed marriage before? No, my wife has. I have performed a marriage before. It's super easy. Yeah. Way easier than it should be. Yeah. yeah. It's In- kind of <laughs> insane. Incredibly easy. No, I know. Uh so if that if that happens, I'm gonna be available to marry all As the listeners. As many trim- people oh, yeah, man. all the listeners. We need to set a world record. <laughs> somehow that's what we need to do yeah all right back to simon during that one scene in squirrel girl number 10 all i could think is squirrel girl use dig it's super effective hashtag pokemon go i don't play pokemon, I don't play pokemon go josh do you play pokemon go no but i played the original games yeah so do you understand this yeah it's a move that. A who used can. dig uh a number of different characters dig Doug. dig Diglett, probably. D- oh, Doug Diglett. Oh, Diglett. Good old Diglett. Rass, Sports Raps. of all form, Doug Trio. Oh, Doug Trio. Doug what? Trio, it sounds like an accountant. Yeah, it sounds like some guy you'd run into on the street and not like. Um, that was some epic trolling from Amadeus in Totally Awesome Hulk number 9. It sure was. With the heaviness of Civil War II and tie-ins, it's nice to have books like Moon Girl and Squirrel Girl to lighten the mood. And, yeah, that's kind of the idea of this diverse line we have right now. There's something for everybody and there's something for... Whatever emotion you need to feel. Yep. Glad and horrified to know I wasn't the only one wondering if Mole Man went to the bone zone and scroll Girl number 10. How can you not wonder it? It's right there with that gross open-mouthed smooching he's doing with his giant monster friend. I think... Because of their size disparity, Mole <laughs> Man's gonna come up with some amazing tricks in the bedroom. Yeah. He's gonna take that bone zone. I think he's gonna to have some new technology levels. too. Something yeah, like some crazy subterranean. Sex technology. toys are all good. People yeah. need them. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it's Wiener in time. Sounds like something someone says right before going to the bone zone. Who says none of us have dun- not dun- used dun- it? Dun- it is a great catchphrase. Listen to this week in Marvel two two forty eight point five. That was the Tom Revert Civil War Two episode. I honestly didn't think you guys would acknowledge the racial implications of killing War Machine. Of course we did. That's a huge part of like the whole discussion. Yeah, I don't know how much we talked about it on the episode, but that was a big discussion in the room mm-hmm. when they were talking about yeah, Civil War Two. Yeah, that's one of the II. things Tom was talking about. Yeah, yeah, so, like that was. It's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Tech Lord Lex Pendragon says his last drunk Pete. They read the entire. No, they read oh, they read the, the end read the of the clone. End saga. of the clone saga. In parentheses, revelations. Hmm. Was Baby May's story ever picked up in the Marvel U? Nope. She was never talked about again. What is again. Baby May? Uh, Peter and Mary Jane had a baby named May. That happened. It happens. Um, they someone kidnapped the baby, and Peter and MJ were led to believe that the baby had died, so they didn't have a baby, but the cliffhanger was that someone kidnapped her and she was out there somewhere. It has never been referred to since except Whoa. in spider girl, which of course is all based on them keeping the child. Sure. But yeah. Technically, uh, Spider-Man has a kid out there. That's right. You just heard it on the official Marvel podcast. We don't like to talk about it, but we admit it. Spider-Man has a kid out there. Crazy. Crazy. I, I wonder if they address it in that, Remember that book, like 103 Facts, you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah, about the Clone, clone Saga yeah. that Tom worked on? I'm pretty sure they don't address it. Wow. This is like a very taboo subject. Fascinating. The fact that we're bringing it up here is breaking down all sorts of barriers. Yeah. yeah. Break but down the walls. Yeah, break down the walls. But we we don't shy away from that on This Week in Marvel. Sometimes. We welcome the controversy. Yes. Bring it on. Sometime. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Tech Lord says, I mean, we know May grows up to be Mayday Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Girl. What about Prime Marvel Universe? I just told you. Yeah, it's out there somewhere. Mm-mm-mm. Maybe having a, having a boring suburban life. Yeah. Uh, last one for the week is Victor Ciroco yes. says simply enough this week of Marvel is cool. Perfect way to end it. Yeah, yeah, it is. No emails this week, guys. Send us emails. We like getting your emails. I I get h- literally hundreds of emails a day, so I'm okay with not getting them. But I do like hearing from the listeners because mm-hmm. they're always pretty great. Yeah, pretty so, great. Yeah. All right, and this was a pretty great episode number 250 the big centennial celebration <laughs> yes all of that stuff c'est la vie uh, reminder next week we're doing TWIM URC mm-hmm. with the boys on the west coast Yes. so read up on Legion of Monsters yes. by uh, Dennis Hopeless and Wando great book as well as a special Werewolf by Night one shot I think in tribute to The Wolfman mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there you go right on big announcements happening mm-hmm. there. I'm sure yes sure they'll talk about it maybe yep maybe who knows all right okay this is marvel your universe your universe